It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. This episode of Locked On Panthers is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Back here again for another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday through Friday, your team every day. That's what we do here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. Also, check us out on Spotify. We can follow us there. We're also on Odyssey, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and wherever you find your podcasts. Follow me on Twitter. At Julian Council, where every Friday throughout the season, I'm going to need your weekly Friday mailbag questions here on Locked on Panthers. So get them in. It's week one against the New York Jets. So I'm sure you have plenty of thoughts and questions heading in to Sunday's home opener against the New York Jets, Sam Darnold's former team. And speaking of Sam Darnold and his former team, this is going to be dubbed throughout the week as a Sam Darnold revenge game. I'll get into why I don't believe that should be the case for Sam Darnold and the Carolina Panthers. Also, big news as it pertains to the offensive line. John Miller will be out for at least 10 days because he tested positive for COVID-19. Why this should now be Dennis Daly's job. And in some other notes in terms of the kick returner and punt returner, some guys added to the practice squad and then expectations going on Sunday against the Jets and the Panthers home opener over at the Bank of America Stadium on 800 South Main Street in Uptown Charlotte. Let me start off, though, talking about Sam Darnold in this game against the New York Jets. We all know this is a huge season for Sam Darnold to prove that he is legitimately a starting quarterback in the National Football League. Through the first three years of his career with the Jets, he has been abysmal. But he has a new start here in Carolina under Matt Rule in Joe Brady's system with Christian McCaffrey, his former teammate with the Jets, Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, Terrace Marshall, who dazzled in the preseason as wide receiver three. You add in Dan Arnold, who he seems to have a good connection with already this season. All the pieces are in place for Sam Darnold to have success with the Carolina Panthers. And I believe that he will have the best year he's ever had in National Football League, in large part because he can't be much worse than he was throughout his three seasons with the Jets. He finally has the weapons. The offensive line is still a major question mark. But that being said, he's going to have to prove that he can play and handle the pressure without seeing ghosts and making poor decisions that lead to turnovers and lead to him getting ousted out of New York and sent here to Carolina like he was prior to the draft. So all that being said, though, it's a big season for Sam Darnold, but it's not a one-game season for Sam Darnold. I know everyone's going to look at Sunday as a game where Sam Darnold's wanting to prove to Joe Douglas and to the New York Jets that they made the poor decision by getting rid of him and then drafting Zach Wilson out of BYU number two overall in a draft. And I don't necessarily 
agree with all of that premise. I do understand that, yes, Sam Darnold's going to come out here. He's going to want to at least prove to the Jets that, like, hey, you should give me an opportunity. This is what I look like when I have actual weapons around me and I have a good coaching scheme with Joe Brady opposed to what he had with Adam Gase for the past two seasons. That can very well be true. Sam Darnold, though, who has not spoken to the media as of this recording on Monday afternoon, has never really given the kind of vibe that he really is all that torn up about what happened in New York. He seems to be happy here in Carolina. He's glad to get this second opportunity and thinks that he can make the most of it and be the franchise quarterback. He does not strike me as a guy who believes in the revenge game, fire and brimstone, blood and guts, a la Steve Smith. He strikes me as a California cool, which is the stereotype he certainly feeds into it, who's just here to play football, to focus on and getting focus in on getting better, and to go out there and win on Sunday, whether it's the Jets, the Giants, the Patriots, the Dolphins, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It could be the Saints. He does not care. He's just going out there to try and win the game on Sunday. Now, if you look at it with the New York perspective, I understand why they got rid of him. Yeah, he was not very good. And there's plenty of reasons why he wasn't good, whether it was all Sam Darnold, Adam Gase, the offensive line, the lack of weapons, the Jets just being a complete dumpster fire of an organization. There were plenty of reasons, not necessarily excuses for why Sam Darnold wasn't good. There are plenty of reasons why it did not work for him in New York. And there's plenty of reasons for why the Jets would want to move on. Joe Douglas was only going into, what, his second year as a GM. He did not draft Sam Darnold, nor did he hire Adam Gase. Both Darnold and Gase were inherited by Joe Douglas when he became the Jets GM in June. Earlier that year, five months earlier in January, was when the Johnson family decided that they're going to hire the ex-Miami Dolphins head coach and Adam Gase and make him the head coach of the New York Jets. That's not what Joe Douglas did. He did not oversee the draft in 2019. He was already there. He came afterwards. It was Gase's team, Gase's quarterback that he also inherited. So it makes sense that Joe Douglas would move on from Adam Gase and move on from Sam Darnold, a head coach and a quarterback that he did not choose. Now, he did in a way choose them when he decided to take the head coaching job with the New York Jets. But then again, he did not explicitly hire Adam Gase or draft Sam Darnold. So I get it when he hires his own head coach in Robert Sala who then probably wants to bring in his own quarterback in Zach Wilson, and they have the number two pick, and they like what they saw of him at BYU, I get why the Jets would move on from Sam Darnold. Because it's a lot easier to keep that rookie deal with Zach Wilson for the next four years, opposed to having one more season and a difficult decision that they would have had to make at the beginning of May following the draft to either opt to pick up Sam Darnold's fifth-year option or to not do that and then leave yourself in a position where you're looking for another quarterback in the market again next year or the situation where you could have drafted Zach Wilson then having Sam Darnold there in limbo, maybe have a quarterback competition, but who does that benefit at all? So again, this to me is not about Sam Darnold having a revenge game against the New York Jets. All the reasons for why he's no longer there make a ton of sense for me for both parties. For Darnold, he's in a better situation, in my opinion, and for the Jets, they get to start anew with a guy that Joe Douglas actually wanted opposed to someone that he inherited when he took the job. What this game is about to me on Sunday is what the Carolina Panthers pass rush. Last year, the Carolina Panthers, when it came to pass rush win rate, according to Football Outsiders, were 12th out of 32 teams in the National Football League. While they were successful in winning those matchups, they did not always get home as the Panthers only had 29 sacks on the season that ranked among the bottom third of the National Football League after a season prior being second in the league in sacks. 
Now when you have Brian Burns entering his third year, someone who I think can be a pro bowler this season, Hassan Reddick, who had a breakout season last year in his final year in Arizona, Etor Grossmatos, who in his second year hopefully will develop into a better pass rusher, Marquise Haynes, when healthy, had four sacks last year, coming back again this year, looked really good in the preseason. You add Morgan Fox, who had six and a half sacks last year, playing for the Los Angeles Rams and next to Aaron Donald. The Carolina Panthers have more dudes when it comes to pass rushing than we've seen in a long time coming off the edge. Their ability to get after the passer and the rookie quarterback in his debut, Zach Wilson, is what I think will be the difference in the key to winning for the Carolina Panthers on Sunday. Not what Sam Darnold in the Carolina Panthers offense does. In 2020, the Jets were tied 29th in, in pass block win rate. That's terrible. The Jets' offense line, as we know, as we've talked about all offseason, is not very good. Yes, they've invested in bringing in Greg Van Roten, who used to play for the Carolina Panthers. He now fulfilled a lifelong dream of being a New York Jet. They also drafted last year Makai Becton at left tackle in the first round out of Louisville, who looked pretty good. And this year, the first rounder out of USC, Elijah Vera Tucker, will start opening day looking like at right guard. So they've invested in the offensive line. But still, based off of what we saw last year, this is not a good unit. And based on what the Carolina Panthers did last year, not getting home, but what they did in terms of pass rush win rate, being 12th in the league, and what they've added this offseason, they have all the potential in the world to make Zach Wilson's day on Sunday complete hell. In causing chaos and wreaking havoc on Zach Wilson and that offensive line is how the Carolina Panthers are going to win. Because this is a rookie. It's going to be welcome to the NFL that first time he gets smacked on Sunday. And trying to rattle him in front of that crowd, 73,000 strong, of keep pounding Panthers Nation, loud as hell, lubed up, ready to go after last season not being able to be in the stadium. You saw this past weekend of college football games and how the environments rattled some teams. Being able to rattle a rookie who, again, last season in college football did not see the kind of talent and edge rushers he's going to see on Sunday. And he did not see the kind of crowd that he's going to see on Sunday. The Carolina Panthers pass rush getting after Zach Wilson is what matters about this game. That's what the key to the game is. That's the storyline heading into the game. Not Sam Darnold getting a revenge game. Sam Darnold, we're going to have plenty of weeks to evaluate him and to see whether he truly is the right guy here in Carolina. But week one against the Jets... Does it need to be anything more than just week one against the Jets, a game where, yes, he's playing his former team, but a game where he needs to start building that continuity, that confidence, and helping lead this team to a 1-0 record so they can go on the next 17 weeks of the season and hopefully make the playoffs. That's what matters on Sunday. The pass rush and Sam Darnold not making too much out of this game. Yes, revenge game could be said about that, but that's not what I'm looking at when heading into Sunday when the Panthers open up against the New York Jets. Someone who will not be there for the opener Against the New York Jets is John Miller, who tested positive for COVID-19. And we found out, based off of how long he's out, his vaccination status, why that should now cost him his job here in Carolina. I'll get to that in just a moment. It's that time of the year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the latest updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest open now at BetOnline. Head to a website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo. Make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, 
Your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using promo code NFL100. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Promo code locked on. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We found out last week when Matt Rule spoke to the media that 67 of the 69 players the Carolina Panthers had signed to their active 53-man roster and 16-man practice squad had been vaccinated. Over 90% of all players in the National Football League this season have been vaccinated, which is fantastic news for the league trying to move forward throughout a COVID-19 pandemic that continues to dominate our daily lives in America. Yes, things are more back to normal than they were last year. We saw tons of people out at crowds at packed stadiums this past weekend. I was there at the Clemson-Georgia game. It was awesome to be a part of that environment once again. But we also know that there was some concern from teams, reporting from Chris Mortensen from ESPN on Monday, that teams were concerned after seeing some of their players go back to their former colleges or leave town for the little mini break ahead of the season, that they could potentially have guys come back and test positive. John Miller for the Carolina Panthers, who was slotted to be the starting right guard on Sunday, has tested positive for COVID-19 and will be out for the next 10 days and will miss Sunday's home opener against New York Jets. Now, the 10-day period is interesting. The Carolina Panthers have not told us who was vaccinated and who was not. But we did know that there was two players who were not vaccinated. And now we know the one player of the two who is not vaccinated. That is John Miller. Because according to the NFL's COVID protocol for the 2021 season, any unvaccinated player who tests positive for COVID-19 is subject to at least a 10-day quarantine. A vaccinated player who tests positive can return after two negative PCR tests taken at least 24 hours apart. And if he is asymptomatic, for 48 hours. So right then and there, knowing that John Miller has tested positive, he's on the COVID list, for 10 days he's going to be gone, tells us that he is one of the two Carolina Panthers who were not vaccinated. Had he been vaccinated, he would have to take two negative COVID tests after no longer being symptomatic and test negative twice within a 24-hour period before he could have come back. So there is a possibility that John Miller could have come back and played on Sunday had he been able to do that. Jamison Crowder of the New York Jets, who tested positive last week, from my understanding, he is vaccinated, meaning whenever he's no longer symptomatic and he's able to take two negative tests within a 24-hour period, he could play on Sunday. So there's a possibility, I don't know how strong it is, there's a possibility that Jamison Crowder will play on Sunday. But because Jamison Crowder is vaccinated, he's not immediately out for at least 10 days like John Miller is. So John Miller will not play on Sunday, and there's a possibility that he might not play again in week two against New Orleans Saints, depending on how everything impacts him with COVID-19. So first and foremost, 
for John Miller, I hope he's going to be healthy and I hope he will be fine to come back and be a part of this team at some point in time this season, which I think obviously will happen as we've seen typically how these cases have gone with a lot of players in National Football League. Now, there are plenty of guys. You look at Deion Dawkins, or there's a number of guys, not plenty. There's a number of guys, a few, like Deion Dawkins, the Buffalo Bills, who actually had it really bad, who had to be hospitalized for a couple of days. He's back. He's fine with the Buffalo Bills, but still, there has been some concerns. Like Even athletes have dealt with with some issues with this, with long-haul COVID. So it's still something that can impact them, even though there's plenty of people out there on social media or wherever trying to tell you the complete opposite who don't know what the hell they talk, they're talking about and just want to put a bunch of misinformation out there. Y'all know how I stand on this. I'm vaccinated. I think everyone should get vaccinated. I get it's a personal choice, but it's a personal choice that's a part of a public health crisis. So I don't understand how it can be personal when it can impact public health. That being said, John Miller made the personal choice not to get vaccinated. His personal choice has now led him to not start, which could hurt the Carolina Panthers on Sunday that one of their starting guards will not be available. You're missing one player, meaning someone has to step in his place. That player will be Dennis Daly, who I like a lot, who and Matt Rule has said is among their top six offensive linemen on this team. So he basically is good enough to be a starter. And when he's been healthy for the Carolina Panthers, Dennis Daly has looked really good. Whether it's been at left tackle or it's been at right guard or left guard, Dennis Daly looks capable. And I'm excited to see what Dennis Daly can bring to the table. But were Dennis Daly or Pat Elfline, the other starting guard, to go down, that means you got to put out Deontay Brown, who would be making his first career start as a six-rounder out of Alabama as a rookie in his first game against Quinnen Williams. And I have heard a ton of people out there saying, Oh, we got to get rid of Pat Elfline. we got to get Deontay Brown starting in there because he looked really good in the preseason. And you're very right. Deontay Brown looked awesome in the preseason. Let's also recognize that Deontay Brown was going up against second stringers, which he is a second stringer. He was also going up against practice squad guys and guys who are now working at the Home Depot because they're no longer on an NFL roster or practice squad. I'm not trying to take away from how good he looked. Just understand that like this is a six-round pick who there were question marks coming into the season when they drafted him about whether his weight, whether he'd be ready to go, and he's looked good so far. But he has not faced anyone of the quality of Quinnen Williams since, I guess, back in his days in practice at the University of Alabama. But still, I don't think that's a situation that you want. So you can see how this potentially could hurt the team by John Miller deciding that he was going to be selfish and not get vaccinated for whatever reason, and now he's out for 10 days, and the Panthers are now having to rely on their depth. I like Dennis Daly, like I just said. And personally, moving forward, this should be Dennis Daly's job. Best case scenario for the Carolina Panthers is Dennis Daly retains this job, because he will be on the roster next season, while John Miller was not going to be on the roster next season. You can move forward with Dennis Daly as a foundational piece on your offensive line, whether he's at right guard or left guard, where he said he feels more naturally at, I think it's a good situation for the Panthers to actually have Dennis Daly starting. But John Miller, in terms of him being the starting right guard for the Carolina Panthers moving forward, that can't be the case because he no longer can be relied upon. As Cam Newton had shown you a couple weeks ago when there was miscommunication with the Patriots and him and going to see some doctor and leaving town and having to not be able to go back to the facility for five days because he wasn't vaccinated, that potentially led to costing him his job with the New England Patriots. Availability. Is so important to National Football League. Being dependable, being being counted on. You can't count on John Miller anymore. 
He's proven that right here that you can't count on him to be available because you don't know what's going to happen. Now, of course, he's going to have the the period of time where he's unlike where he unlikely he's going to have the immunity and won't be able to test positive again, which should basically be the rest of the season for the most part. But still, he's already shown you right here with his decision not to get vaccinated that you can't rely on him. That he's not a team player and that he cares more about himself than the team and what's best for the Carolina Panthers. So because of that, and you can say that Taurus, you can criticize me for what I'm saying. I'm sick of it. We've lived this with this for over a year and a half of our lives, and people are doing all the selfish decisions and don't care about their neighbors. They only want to do what's best for them, and they don't see how it impacts other people. I don't know what more needs to happen for these athletes to understand what you could lose by not getting vaccinated. And John Miller, what he's going to lose in this situation should be his job at right guard. And honestly, for the Panthers moving forward into 2022 and beyond, the best thing for them probably is to have Dennis Daly start there and then potentially to get Deontay Brown on the field to see what he has, say Dennis Daly or Pat Elfline falter and have an injury or have to miss a couple plays on the Sunday. John Miller proved that he doesn't really care about the team. He only cares about himself. I'm sure he'll say the opposite, but actions speak louder than words. And his actions have led to him not playing on Sunday and put the Carolina Panthers in a situation where they got to go with backup and they're already dealing with COVID issues before the season even starts. How selfish is that? All right, some other news and notes coming out of the Carolina Panther press conferences on Monday, including some additions to the practice squad, who's going to be returning kicks, and then a few more thoughts on Sunday's game against the Jets coming up here on Locked on Panthers in just a moment. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers of access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you can need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find a solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Does this sound familiar? You got one device that lets you catch the game live. Another lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings you live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can catch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again, And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible devices required. Content varies by package. And I'll say one more quick thing on Deontay Brown. Like, I, I like the potential the Panthers have with him. And I look at the depth of the offensive line and what we saw in the preseason. Both Brown and Brady Christensen have to make you feel really good about them moving forward. Because you think about in the future, maybe next season, and maybe later on this season if the offensive line continues to struggle like they did against the Pittsburgh Steelers 2s on Friday night of the final preseason game at Bank of America Stadium where we really got to see the offense for the first time 
all preseason long. And I'm not really quite sure how well they really performed in the joint practices against the Ravens and Colts. You get mixed reports from both sides, but seemingly look like they had a little bit of struggles back then against the actual ones as well. But when you look forward to next season or maybe later on the season, Taylor Moten at right tackle, you know you got in him. Brady Christensen, they say his future is on the right side. Maybe he ends up, you know, being right tackle or right guard eventually. But him, you have Deontay Brown, you have Dennis Daly. Those are four guys you can feel really good about moving forward. And trying to figure out the right combination of whether you're going to move Taylor Moten to left or have Brady Christensen at right. Just getting them on the field and ensuring up this offensive line, something that the Carolina Panthers have not done in a long time, should make you feel confident. Now, in terms of Sunday, I get... How everyone wants to see Deontay Brown, where a lot of people, not everyone, I, certainly everyone has their own opinion, but I know a lot of people want to see him play, and they're going to be frustration, of course, at Pat Elfline, who was among the worst offensive linemen who's played the last three years. Carolina Panthers signed two of the worst in Elfline and Cam Irving on day one of the free agency period, which is still to this day just mind-boggling how they thought those guys were priority free agents. Either way, they're here in Carolina, we're going to have to deal with them for now. But in terms of Deontay Brown playing on Sunday... The first game of his career, you really don't want that guy going against Quentin Williams and Sheldon Rankins. Quentin Williams, who led the Jets in sacks last year, who's going to be a fantastic player for years to come in the interior of that defensive line in New York or wherever he plays throughout the rest of his career. Sheldon Rankins, who we're familiar with with his time in New Orleans. I just don't know if you really want to put Deontay Brown in that situation. Now, you also don't want to see Pat Elfline in that situation either based off of what he's done so far in his career. But the experience that he has is the reason why the coaching staff is going to justify not putting Deontay Brown out there to start off. Now, if there's struggles throughout the game, Matt Rule's already said that Deontay Brown will be the next one up. So we'll see how things play out. I will tell folks that are going to be upset about the situation, um, potentially, and they're going to be upset about the decision-making. Just know that eventually, it will all work itself out. Like, if Elfline stinks, Deontay Brown will get an opportunity, and we'll find out whether he really can play in this league at a high level as a six-round pick out of Alabama. And I'll also say this, that it's not a similar situation to what you have in Kansas City with a guy like Trey Smith. Trey Smith was a top-five player coming out of high school, five-star, all-world kind of offensive lineman who played at the University of Tennessee. Was a stud when he was healthy. He had a blood clot issue, and there's the concerns about him medically that dropped him back to the sixth round. Had that not happened, that is a at least a second-round pick there in Trey Smith. And as you've seen, if you paid attention to what's going on in Kansas City, he's going to be their day-one starter at right guard because he's that good and he's healthy. Deontay Brown, not necessarily the same case where he was a consensus five-star top-five player who was a stud throughout his years in college and started day one like Trey Smith at the University of Tennessee. Not saying that Deontay Brand can't be good right that way. I'm just saying when you look at those two situations and six-rounders, not all six-rounders are created equal. There's plenty of reasons why certain guys drop, and there's also reasons where why Deontay Brown dropped, but he was not going to be as highly regarded or ever was as highly regarded as Trey Smith was in his, in his draft. And that's not me trying to dog Deontay Brown. I like his potential here in Carolina. I'm just trying to you know caution that we want to see these guys play right away. Just know like it's a big step in competition. Because at Alabama, you you really you're the best, and you're not going up against too many dudes week in and week out, even in the SEC. Now in the National Football League, everybody's a pro, everyone gets paid, and we'll see how things work out. I don't have confidence in Elfline. I want to see what Deontay Brown looks like. I just don't think that we need to go ahead and do that right away, unless pressed into it. Then we got to see him go out there and play. So a couple other things that went on on Monday with the press conferences. Matt Rule said that Chuba Hubbard will be the main kick returner after the Carolina Panthers decided to 
uh, claim off the waiver wire running back Royce Freeman, who was cut by the Denver Broncos. The subsequent move was waving Trenton Cannon, who made the roster to be the kick returner. Did a really good job of that last year for the Carolina Panthers. Rather get Royce Freeman in there as their third running back, someone they can also they can depend on, and not just um, as a running back, maybe also a kick returner. But the main kick returner for the Carolina Panthers will be their fourth rounder out of Oklahoma State, Chuba Hubbard. As far as their punt returner. That situation still remains in flux as the Panthers will be looking at maybe Brandon Zilstra or CJ Saunders. DJ Moore has a lobby to do the job. They added to the practice squad of wide receiver Alex Erickson. So maybe he could be an option. Who knows what the Carolina Panthers are going to do back there at punt returner. I'll continue to say the best punt returner on this team is Christian McCaffrey, but I get why they're not going to put him back there. Uh, two other guys that were added to the practice squad. On Monday were Dominic Eberly, who, as you remember, was brought in to compete with Joey Sly a couple weeks ago, but then was cut after the Carolina Panthers traded for their now starting kicker, Ryan Santoso. Matt Rule figured that with COVID, that would make a lot of sense to have a second kicker here on the roster in a practice squad. Then Mike, Mike Horton, who was in the Carolina Panthers camp earlier, he signed an offensive guard, so he'll be back there to add some sort of depth. And Matt Rule has also said, with COVID, what's going on, what you saw with John Miller being out for the next 10 days, that they're going to have to have guys ready to go. And so certainly some of these uh, additions to the practice squad, do not be surprised if some of these guys get called up to play on Sunday. CJ Saunders is the one I'm looking at to potentially be the designated uh, fair catcher, as that's what he did throughout the preseason, at least that game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't know if they really want him actually returning punts, just at least just catch the punt. And let's move forward. I'd know that they would like to have someone who's a threat back there. Whether you want to have a threat back there, put either DJ or Christian McCaffrey. But as we know, that's typically not how things go nowadays in the National Football League, putting your best weapons out there. You don't want to potentially risk injury. So I get that when it comes to the Carolina Panthers and what they want to do there at the kick returner spot. All right. Well, I will talk more about my expectations heading to Sunday's game against the Jets throughout the week. Going to have our uh, crossover talk with the host of the Locked on Jets podcast on thursday again on friday the weekly friday mailbag so i got more things going on wednesday i'm going to talk about my expectations for the season i've been a coward have yet to give you what's going to be my definitive win total for the carolina panthers i've said something somewhere between seven and ten nine and eight i will firmly give you a seven and ten or an eight and nine or a nine and eight maybe a ten and seven on tomorrow's show i'll finally give that to you i'll also react to whatever goes on the carolina panthers as they head into their week one matchup against the New York Jets. As always, thank you guys so much for listening to the show, and I will talk to you tomorrow. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.